You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Doctor, not a podcast, a Cinema Geekly's Star Trek podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis, and I am joined by Fleet Admiral Ben Knight. Ben, how are you? Of course. Of course, I have... I had to beam down there, terribly sorry. Of course. Um, yeah, but... Uh, and that was me going, oh, which button is the thing with the... Hello. Ben's been on an away mission for I quite have. some time, as has this podcast. Oops. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we happen. It's fine. Everyone was ill, and and then there was some ice hockey and a, a man drinking wine on a bed under a tree. We yeah. don't need to talk about it. It's a fine. Computer issue. Actually, there's really no excuse. We started doing all of the premium uh, podcast. We did like freemium week, and then we extended it out a, f- a further almost second week. Uh, which this, of course, will be available to everybody. I'm sorry that this is the one you're getting for free, where we have to talk about the original series of Star Trek Season 3. Uh, I think they're only getting it for like three days as well, aren't they? Or two days or something. Uh, until Sunday night or Monday morning, whenever it is that I uh, go in there and revert all of these uh, episodes back under protected status. So let's just say right now, this is not our A-game this episode, because it wasn't Star Trek's A-game. No, it was not. Uh, we <laughs> talked. Uh, we talked back during the. I think it was in the last episode during the second season. We talked about the letter writing campaign uh, <laughs> to bring Star Trek back. An unprecedented letter writing campaign. Please don't cancel this show. We want it back. And they're like, okay, you get another season, and this is what they gave everybody, and that was the end of it because it didn't last past this season. Uh, and the show and franchise nearly died forever because of this season. This was the Batman and Robin of Star Trek seasons, uh, <laughs> almost completely killing uh, this show dead. Uh, Aurora normally is joining us. She can't, uh, but that's not going to stop us from talking about the three episodes we picked from uh, the previous uh, episode where we talked about season two. We, we picked our new three, and uh, boy... <laughs> what a what a triforce of episodes these are! Uh, so we'll start with, uh, and I believe these are in order of appearance in the season. Uh, I guess we should note that uh, <laughs> this uh, this here season of Star Trek, uh, I think it ran uh, the full gamut of episodes. I think it was a full season. I don't think they canceled it early. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this series, for some unknown reason, made it to the end. <laughs> But this uh, this show, this this yeah, twenty four episodes they did. Uh, this this whole season 
this this ended at a time when there were no such things as series finales really so much or things of that nature. Or maybe maybe they thought the show was going to come back. I don't know. But the show ends on an episode that in no way culminates any story for anybody. It's just a one-off episode, and that's the end of Star Trek. And then we don't see them again for uh, for several years until they start doing the movie franchise. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes out with a, a whimper, for sure, instead of a bang. It really did, show. didn't it? Not I mean, a fan it does of the contain... final episode. No, although the single worst episode of Star Trek uh, ever made, it gets uh, well. It's it's coming up soon in this show. Uh, <laughs> wow! I kind of forced Ben's hand uh, to discuss this. Uh, we'll get to it. Though. And I, I, I only I only went with it basically because I was I, I I thought oh come on it'll be fun to watch it again. Well, I was wrong. I, I can say that I was wrong. It yeah. was not fun to watch this it's... again. It's fine to admit when you're wrong, uh, and we were we were wrong to ever talk about this. We, I mean, we have to. We're going in a specific order. We we're, look. I don't want to have to talk about next gen season one either, but we're going to do that too. <laughs> uh, not looking forward to it, but we will. It's fine. <laughs> well, de- compared to this, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, compared to this, this is like season three or four of next gen. Oh my god. Okay. Uh let's Aurora's pick was uh episode four, which is called And the Children Shall Lead. Aurora's uh, hit and run, as I like to call it. <laughs> originally aired on October eleventh, nineteen sixty-eight. Uh so here is the story. Uh the Enterprise dis uh it intercepts a distress call, and uh on this planet they find uh, a bunch of children right is that what they it's a five seemingly unconcerned children uh the the scientific expedition the the adults here all dead parents dead kids seem fine that's certainly odd uh and i found i found one of the parents hang on let me just check Uh, Mm. it turns out yeah they're dead ben uh, they seem to have, de- and on top of that, to to add to the wackiness, the adults seem to have died at their own hands. Bam, bam, bam. Indeed, uh, we need to get a. These sound are effect actual for that. sound effects. Yeah, that, 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 that was the sound effect from the final <laughs> series. Uh, the crew uh, bring the kids back to the Enterprise, where McCoy evaluates them and determines that they are suffering from lacunar amnesia. It's a wonderful phrase, Ben. That fantastic uh, Elton John song from from the uh, Lion King. From the Lion King, yeah, yeah. Uh, space opera edition. Uh, <laughs> unaware of what happened to their parents and unable to grieve. However, when left alone, the children summon a humanoid apparition who goes by the name of Gorgon. Uh, are you aware of the, uh, the 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 poem that the children utter, Ben? Because I can't get it out of my head. Uh, I, this is the thing oh. that. This yeah, is the I thing that drove it. me. Hail, hail, fire and snow. Call the angel, we will go. Far away for to see. Friendly angel, come to me. And they say it a million times in this episode. They do. What One, two, Gorgon's coming for you, or whatever. The, yeah, <laughs> they do. Yeah. Look, and here's the thing. If they had said it with the same enthusiasm as I said it, maybe I wouldn't have, liked, <laughs> I wouldn't have hated it as much. But they said it in the droniest, zombiest fashion possible. And yeah. it took them, it took me about 10 seconds to say it. 
but in their droney-ish fashion, it took them about five minutes each time. And uh, just, uh, and then... It's all about filling up air time, as we like to say on Murder Show. (laughs) Right, and I believe Gorgon is the ghost of Christmas Future from uh, A Christmas Carol. Or the Canterville ghost from the film with the same name, yeah. (laughs) I I, I didn't invent it. I I just, he's he's a time-traveling ghost. That's what I know, Ben. That's what I know of British literature. Uh, he, he made up time traveling ghosts, uh, at Gorgon's direction, the eldest child, Tommy uses his mental powers to trick the crew. The kids now have mental powers, uh, to trick the crew into steering the ship towards Marcus 11 while presenting, uh, or Marcus 12, my bad, uh, while presenting illusions that make them think they're still in orbit of what is it? Tracheus? 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 Tracheus. Tracheus. I think it was. It's like trying to pronounce dinosaur names. Uh, Upon reviewing the Troublesome Expedition film, this is the 60s, everybody, just cut them some slack. Uh, The Troublesome Expedition film recorded on on High 8 Video, the most futuristic video recording. uh, Which which featured uh, one of the parents um, with the camera like really close to her face going, I'm scared to open my eyes. No, it's gonna show- I can't. I'll fuck it. I fucked the reference up, but you got where I was going. Yeah, yeah. It was the original yeah. Blair and Witch Project. And there was snot and yeah, snot and boogers. Uh, the Spock, McCoy, and Kirk return to the bridge to find the children and Gorgon fully in control of the crew, <clears throat> unable to break their hold. Spock observes that the children don't have these magical powers themselves. They are merely possessed by the ghost of Christmas Gorgon, uh, who must be the evil embodiment of an ancient group of space. Warring Marauders, uh, released by the Archaeological Survey. Did Spock really come to that conclusion? Just He's like, this guy must be the evil embodiment of an ancient group of space-warring marauders that were well, released it was, by... The- <laughs> it was Series 3 of Star Trek, so... Yeah, probably. <laughs> it may have been but, the actual dialogue. Uh, yeah, I've got this now. Yeah, yeah, no, I figured it out. Believing they can yeah. break the hold Gorgon has on the kids, Spock plays back the footage showing the children happy with their look, parents. Look at your look at your parents. Look at that. Oh, look, they're dead. Now they're dead. And then the kids cry. <laughs> and apparently Gorgon's hold has been released. And he is then, uh, de- he deteriorates into oblivion. Uh, that with that ch- is his official status. Thanks. I know you love this. According to Memory Alpha, he has yeah. dissolved into oblivion in the year 2268. Uh, that shit can happen. Rest in peace, Gorgon. Uh, so, uh, the children's powers are gone, the crew regains control, and Kirk orders a course to Starbase 4, uh, while they take care to comfort the children. What did you think of this here episode, Ben? Did this bring back, uh, fond memories of watching Star Trek reruns? <laughs> no! <laughs> no, it did not! Um, Kirk was an asshole throughout this entire episode. A bit, yeah. Um, which... <laughs> Which, as a kid, I think I hated, but watching it back now, I'm, I'm kind of with him mm-hmm. throughout this. They're annoying. Um, yeah, and and actually, it sort of, I'll tell you what it put me in mind of. It was um, uh, Get That Child Off My Bridge, uh, reminded yes. me of the, the whole Picard issue. I think what we need to learn from this is that Starfleet captains do not like children. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Picard, Yeah, he just comes out and says it. Yes, that's true. And he hates kids. It was a really annoying set of children that he had to deal with. I mean, that to, to be fair to him, that his character evolves over time. Yeah, uh, like well, think, I think the think, kids just get older. 
Well, I mean, things happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when he's caught in the Nexus, he's super. He his dream world is him with a family and children, and he's so happy oh, to have children. True. Yeah, and he gets caught in a lift in a sort of Operation U tree sort of way. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's why he went to space. We're, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves, though. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this episode was drivel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of anything of anything positive to say about it. It was. I mean, I, I gather that the the cast hated it as well. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of the ones that, you know, whenever you hear an interview with, um, I think particularly, I'm trying to remember, there was, there was somebody who really, really slagged it off in an interview, and I can't remember who it was. It might have been Nimoy, I think. Um, basically, it saying it Definitely, it sounds like he could be one of those. Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, it was, it was just arse gravy of the worst possible kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but the, this was the problem, though. This, this was the third series of it. They were... They were kind of under pressure to to make this going, uh, you know, to, to to make this go further than they'd originally perhaps planned. There yeah. was the the public pressure because of how it ever came to be made, and I think basically <laughs> they just shat out a load of episodes that were loosely based on older science fiction books, uh, and that's pretty much what this one was. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the uh, the agony yeah. booth is with you. I think they the agony booth called this. This was on their list of the worst of Trek, but they also named it the worst episode of the original series. <laughs> oh, now, that's not true, but that's coming up. It's not as bad <laughs> as, as the next one we're going to talk about, but it is pretty poor. Well, well, I don't know. I'm saying that. I'm I'm, I'm kind of pressing on what, what's your take on it. Uh, are, you, uh, are you a defender of this episode? No, not at all. The, I, like I, the premise has potential. Mm-hmm. But they sometimes the show the '60s aesthetic really comes through and shows. Yeah. And uh, this, like, I feel like this in the hands of a, a further down the road iteration of Trek, maybe mm-hmm. maybe could have been better or handled in a different way. That could have because uh, I feel like the idea here was maybe they're going for something spooky or scary. Obviously, because he's. Gorgon is more of an apparition than a non... We've seen non-corporeal beings before, and they're usually lights and Mm. things. This was just a dude who looked like a ghost. He was like, you know, partially... You could partially see through him and whatnot. Uh, I feel like they were going for more of a scary thing, and this show didn't do scary It aired in in October. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Uh, God. Halloween. Sorry, October October 11th, 1968. So it is just possible that they had that in mind. And yeah, you're, I think you're right. If you, know, you can imagine, I can imagine DS9, oddly enough, being doing something like this. Yeah, who, yeah. who could probably pull this off? A dark, Voyager, they could definitely do a Voyager with tone. one of yeah, Voyager with one of the better directors could pull this off. But mm-hmm. um, oh crikey, not the not the original. You know, they, they maybe could have even done this with the 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 drone kids. I mean, maybe yeah, not yeah. Gorgon. Maybe not Gorgon, the ghost guy. Uh, but uh, like a Borg thing, kind of mm. overriding the kids or whatever, something like that. You could have done something similar, yeah. at least. Uh, I look, and that doesn't sound amazing to me, but it sounds better than this episode. Uh, the yeah, it was. I mean, I don't know what else can you say. Uh, the okay, so Agony Booth they sum it up fine. It says uh, this episode has a script that offers nothing, no suspense, no character development, <laughs> no intriguing sci-fi premises. And not one memorable line of dialogue. <laughs> well, uh, except the poem. 
Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that's I remember that, walk, but I that's, yeah. yeah, and that's only because it was drilled into my head. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, apparently the guy who wrote it, according to Agony Booth, wrote some lousy episodes of Charlie's Angel, The Fall Guy, and Air Wolf. Yes, so. Edward Lask- uh, Laxo, a name that you s- you've seen in credits of things you don't like, or episodes <laughs> of things you do like, where you go, who wrote this shit? All right, so uh, let's talk about the episode I forced Ben to pick, uh, which is episode 10, Plato's Stepchildren. You will never be forgiven for forcing my hand into this. Uh, so Kirk, along with Spock and McCoy, beam down to a planet which is uh, has uh, some minerals or whatever that they want. I'm not going to try to pronounce this weird name. Curanide. Current Curanide, uh, whatever. Uh, to invest a distress... <laughs> I'm losing trek geek cred right now but you don't know that what the fuck get out of this show uh to investigate a distress call so once they're there they're greeted by a friendly dwarf this is according to wikipedia not my own all the all the the best shows start with that sure uh (laughs) fantasy island of course uh yeah yeah, Game of Thrones. Well, not so friendly, dwarf. Uh, but no, he's yeah. he's far less friendly. Uh, yeah. Named Alexander, played by Michael Dunn, uh, who leads the landing party to meet the rest of his people who have adopted a classical Greek culture and name themselves Platonians Fashion in honor in honor in honor of Plato or Plato. I'm going to go with Plato because everyone always I'm says gonna Plato. With, I'm going to go with Plato. Okay, because gonna... that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> I was going to say plot. Uh, all of the Platonians, uh, except for Alexander, seem to possess telekinetic powers, just like the Greeks. Uh, later, it is determined that <laughs> one of the biomechanical effects of uh, Alexander's dwarfism is the uh, inability to use the Kyranide. Uh The Platonians yes. explain that they lured the Enterprise to their planet because their leader, Parman, requires medical help. After being treated by Dr. McCoy, they're like, hey, we could use a doctor, and you're going to stay. Uh, he, he's resistant to this idea. Uh, <laughs> and Kirk as well, he objects. Uh, the Platonians, however, use their, po- <clears throat> use their powers to punish him. Uh, they humiliate Kirk and Spock as McCoy watches. Boy, that <laughs> sounds really oh, weird. And it's a scene that you'll just never forget. He forces them to sing and dance. Like court jesters. Parman uses Spock to laugh. And despite the strong objection to Dr. McCoy to cry. Later, the Platonians use their powers to force two other Enterprise officers onto the planet for their entertainment. Uhura and Nurse Chapel. Yeah, well, history is about to be made here, Ben. Uh, so mind your manners. Uh, uh, only if you only know one country and one TV station. That's yes. right. Yeah. And if you even count... What happened here as the thing they say it was, which I don't think it is. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. (laughs) Once on the planet, the officers quickly get their bodies usurped by Parman, who proceeds to make Kirk, Spock, Chapel, and Uhura all forced to wear Greek garb performed for... (laughs) I think that's what they wanted here. uh, To perform for the gathered Platonians and a captive McCoy, including forcing Kirk and Uhura to... Uh, it's going to be hard to... Can you hear air quotes when I say passionately kiss? I heard those air quotes. Okay, I was yeah. as hard as I could. I was air yeah, quoting. Yeah, they were that. That was good. Uh, as well as Spock and Chapel. Alexander becomes angry after watching the humiliating tricks played upon the crew by his Platonian masters. He tries unsuccessfully to attack Parman with a knife. 
Earlier, however, I guess this should have been mentioned, Dr. McCoy manages to isolate and identify the kiranide mineral that provides the inhabitants with their powers. It is an abundant in the food and water supply of the planet. McCoy is able to prepare a serum and inject Kirk and Spock with doses of it, thus giving them the powers of the Greek Platonians. Uh, <laughs> Which basic... the Greeks, do, I should say the Greeks, for, for those of you uh, listening, uh, particularly in North America, uh, who, who aren't aware of this, the Greeks obviously do still have these powers now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only because of someone isolating the cause of those powers and destroying it, that they had the financial crisis that they right. recently experienced. Yeah. They were using their telekinetic abilities to keep their economy from collapsing. Yeah, and to um, and to stop immigrants from crossing the ocean there. All they couldn't through... build a wall because the immigrants refused to pay for it. Yeah. Just, but you, just who saying, needs America. That? Who needs Not that quite. when you've got telekinetics? You just push their boats away. Yeah, absolutely. With your mind powers. And smash uh, the vase, which is what the dwarf did in this. <laughs> that's right. For no real reason. With a, well, I mean, you know, he was frustrated. Uh, the Platonians admit defeat. They beg for mercy. He promises to mend his bullying ways. And Kirk warns him that the events encountered here will be reported to Starfleet. And if Parman goes back on his word, the powers can be recreated by anyone wherever and whenever they wish to defeat them. Kirk promises to send an appropriate medical technicians <laughs> to the planet. As long as they behave themselves, McCoy enables... Alexander's body to get to use the Kiranide, so this guy can have powers too. But uh, he would not internalize the empowering substance because he did not wish to, quote, become one of them. And nor would yeah. I blame him. They were dicks. Yeah. Uh, really he is dicks. released He is released from his duty of serving the planets uh, as a slave and jester and requests to go with the Enterprise to start life anew elsewhere in the galaxy. What would you think of because this year's episode? Um, well, it starts with the reason that they need a doctor is because the the founder of their little race um, yeah. kept them uh, hidden and isolated, and they don't allow visitors and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, consequently, they got sick and had. I don't know, how did they even get sick? I can't remember. I don't remember uh, either. The premise for this episode is. I thought Parman. I thought Parman. I thought Parman was sick when he got when they got there. Like he was already ill, and they needed treatment. Like oh. they lured him there. I don't think. I don't know if they explained it. Well, they well, they explained that they had no ability to heal themselves because they um, had no. They didn't no study or medicine or something. Which, yeah, 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 the Greeks, the, the Greeks, <laughs> famous for their ignorance about such matters. Classic, classic Greeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a lot wrong with this. Um, the I'm, I'm trying to think. Right. So let's separate this off. So in terms of the episode, it does contain probably the most hilarious scene of Star Trek ever made, mm-hmm. uh, which is the humiliation of um, uh, of Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Which is, uh, if you've not seen that, actually, um, and and why would you have done? But if you've not seen that, you should probably go to YouTube and look up. I don't know, Kirk Spock humiliation. Um, uh, that sounds like a really specific fetish, like yeah, Kirk Spock does. humiliation. I want to engage. I want to engage in a in a little light Kirk Spock humiliation, please. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's funny. Anyway, watching that because I I could try and describe the shit they get them to do, but well, I mean they they do the they do the singing and dancing, yeah, and they have oh, Spock yes. like. I think they have Spock trying to do like the uh the famous Mexican hat dance around Kirk's head yes. or whatever. 
uh, they yes, also they go to yeah because he's going to he's going to kill him. But then they doesn't. also make Alexander ride Kirk around like a horse, which was which was fun. Yeah, in which Kirk uh, William I, Shatner. I don't know. I I got slightly aroused by that. I don't know about you. I, it was <laughs> Shatner's no? oh. Shatner's horse impression. Shatner's horse, which is a uh, is, is actually the name of a. Um, Might even uh, be the name of a real racehorse, actually. Well, no, was, sure. I was going to say it was in the Kama Sutra, I think. No, Shatner's um, horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is uh, a chapter so, I missed, apparently. I got to go back and check that out. Uh, it's because those pages were stuck together. I'm telling you, you need to go and check that out. Anyway, um, <laughs> so all, all of that happened. The Yeah, the episode itself was garbage. Oh, um, yeah. But, of course, it, it is famously... Uh, it's the It's the... The place where that scene—the happened. first interracial kiss on United States television—which is bollocks. Um, but well, Michelle... in, on, on United States television, oh, I know it um, happened in the UK before. Uh, yeah, although I mean, but you guys also I'm, got I'm rid. I'm not of... sure it is. I, I'm still. I didn't. We eventually decided it actually wasn't. So this was for this was sorry aired on twenty second of November nineteen sixty eight. Mm-hmm. Um. But then you've got, do, 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 do. and ours was 1962, I think it was. Um, but then 1966, so that was before it. You've got uh, the Wild Wild West, which had um, uh, a, a white and Asian interracial kisses. Wikipedia, I think, described it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another one. Uh, there was a oh yes, there was a kiss between Sammy Davis Jr. and Nancy Sinatra on Moving with Nancy in nineteen sixty seven. Uh so that's the year before. Uh I Spy, Kelly Robinson, and um uh Sam from that uh, so Robert Culp and Franz Noyan. Um that's another white Asian interracial kiss, uh in nineteen sixty six. So basically this is nonsense. What it perhaps did portray was the first um Involuntary uh, interracial, yes. Yeah. Oh my god! And and involuntary in a couple of ways because, um, it's kind of weird. Shatner mm-hmm. to this day says that they didn't actually kiss, uh, but I've seen I've seen this episode a few times, mm-hmm. and th- that simply can't be true. I mean, um, okay. So here's what it, I mean. I've heard a lot of stories. I heard Michelle like, Nichols famously has a has a rant about it, but I've heard I've heard stories like uh, the director wanted them to get like a great shot of it, and they wanted to do like these these really shitty kisses, but the director famously wanted them to do this really great passionate kiss, and yeah. this is what they got. And it, no one, it's Michelle Nichols and William Shatner's lips are pressed close, like their their own lips are closed as tight as humanly possible. And then they then push their faces together in a way that kind of maybe looks like a kiss. And then the whole time Shatner isn't even, you know, it's not like he's enjoying it. He's being forced to do it, which is, by the way, this is not how you want to portray like the the first interracial kiss. You would want to be between uh, either a black man and a white woman or a black woman and a white man kissing each other because they love each other. That would be a real progressive thing to show on television what you're showing is a white man who is forced to kiss a I black woman kiss you I and he won't and look i know you i know the reason he doesn't want to do it is because it's his 
crewmate, right? And obviously uh-huh. a subordinate as well. She's he's the captain, et cetera, et cetera. They're more friends or family than lovers. So I kind of get that, but the image it gives off, if you have none of that backstory, is this white guy is forced to kiss this black lady and he hates it. Which is not yeah. what I would want to be the first interracial kiss. It's yeah. barely even a kiss. It's definitely not the first one to air on television. Maybe in the United States. I don't know. Maybe black on a, a black person with a white person. Maybe. Maybe. It, it, very weak legs to stand on. And of course, Britain did it uh, long before us. So, Although I do note that, um, again, I, I take this, I'm afraid, from, uh, from Wikipedia, so it may or may not be right. Sure. Uh, but I think it comes from Nichelle Nichols talking about it. Um, she says almost no one found the kiss offensive except for a single mildly negative letter from one notably white southerner uh, who wrote uh, oh we need glenn to do this um i'm totally opposed to the mixing of the races however anytime a red-blooded american boy like captain kirk gets a beautiful dame in his arms that looks like a hurrah he ain't gonna fight it (laughs) sure They also had a. I'm just now. I'm on the Wikipedia page. I'm now noticing they also had a professional dancer, Armando Gonzalez, who doubled as Spock to perform the flamenco near Captain Kirk's head in the first act. Really, that was a professional dancer doing that. Yeah. Right. They also note that Kirk kissed the actress who played Alan in Alan of Troyes, who is Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, that episode was recorded before this episode, but aired after. Uh. Mm. And that was far more of a kiss than this was, uh, for sure. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was. So, mm. I don't know. Uh, this, I hate this episode too. This is an <laughs> awful episode. Uh, yeah. But it's but it's wonderfully bad in its ridiculousness. The I awful, guess we had to talk about it, didn't we? It's it's yet another. We don't have budget for aliens, so we land on a world where they've appropriated Greek culture. What a, what well, a coincidence! Because now we can borrow the entire of the uh, costume and props from the recently finished up Pompeii. Sure, <laughs> that's the, they were just going to throw that stuff out. Let's let's repurpose that for for Star Trek. But Frankie, uh, Frankie Howard is a generous man. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, to. <laughs> To me, the to me, I thought the best actor in the whole episode was uh, the the gentleman who played Alexander. I thought he was the best actor, Michael yeah. Dunn. I felt yeah. bad for him. They're like, "Hey, little guy, we want you to ride Captain Kirk like a horse." Like, motherfucker. I, I'm sure he watches Peter Dinklage now and wishes like I've that got could have been range, me. you fucker. <laughs> That's what he said. Is he uh, British? He might be. No, he is in in that impression. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, we'll never find out. He died in 1973. Uh, he died in 1973 in London. <gasps> mm-hmm. okay. uh, but I believe he was American, apparently. Uh, his alma mater was University of Michigan. So there you go. Yeah. Rest okay, in well, peace, what's, it, what's, what's, what's the, uh, the, the Michigan version of I've Got Range, motherfucker? Go on, let's, uh, let's, let's hear it. Uh... <sighs> God, I don't know. Do we have actors I, I, from Michigan that count for this? <laughs> I don't know if we have actors. Uh, well, okay, channel one of the extras from RoboCop. Uh, with that. <laughs> uh, no, do I it in the it, style of Clarence Monica. I, I think it would on, just okay. be... Your lead line is bitches leave. Come on, you ready? I think it, I think it would literally just be, I've got range, motherfucker. That's how we talk here. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, there's right, really nothing to it. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, think... Hang on, so... Well, now, now, now I need you to deliver the line, bitches, leave. 
how how was it de- how was it delivered in the film? From Robocop from the from the first. The, the oh my god, Robocop I haven't seen film. the original Robocop in like thirteen years at least. Here's the thing, then, if you're listening to the show and you remember how Clarence Bodica says that, um, why not send us a voice clip of <laughs> send you us your saying clip. "bitches leave" and then saying um, "I've got range, motherfucker." Uh, yep. wh- which email address would they send that to, uh, Anthony? Uh, info at geeklyempire.com. I don't think anyone's going to submit, but if you do, uh, <laughs> we we will send you an as-of-yet uh, undesigned and unreleased uh, Ben Knight pop vinyl figure. Uh, so <laughs> when that comes out, you will win that uh, if you if you can send us your version of, of said immortal line from... There is not a vinyl in the fucking world. <laughs> apparently, not, <laughs> apparently not immortal enough for me to actually remember how it was said. You need to check that out on YouTube after. Isn't this it just bitches leave? Isn't that what he it's says? It's the way he says it. It's, ah. it's just so. Uh, well, let's talk about the third episode, the one I picked. Yeah. Re- Requiem for Methuselah, episode 19, near the end of the season. I picked this uh, because uh, it was written by Jerome Bixby, whom I love. And he was also the writer of a movie we've also mentioned, or at least I've mentioned mm-hmm. before on here, uh, The Man from Earth. Uh, and I picked it because not only do I love that movie, but this this episode has an unofficial tie-in to it, uh, to that film. It's never made canon, but it is referred... And this episode is never actually referred to by name, but I believe in The Man from Earth, this uh, the, the character is referred to, but he's not referred to by name in that movie. Um, do, you, do you recall that film? Do you know what I'm talking about, Ben? I, I, I we've talked about it before, and I I do know the film. It's been a long time since I've seen it, though. Yeah, so it's about the film is about uh, a caveman, essentially a man who lived in caveman times, but he had some sort of genetic. I, let's just for the sake of ease, we'll call him a mutant. He had some sort of genetic mutation that yeah. essentially allowed all of the pieces, like all of the pieces of his body, to continually regenerate everybody like their skin their cells the stomach lining all of this shit uh regenerates over time but your body gets less and less efficient at it because toxins are added people eat shitty food they breathe in shitty air they drink shitty water depending on where you live flint michigan for example uh <laughs> things along those nature your, your your body starts to become less efficient and if you live long enough you eventually die of natural causes your body just can no longer replenish your cells, replenish, uh, it it doesn't, it breaks down. Uh, this guy's genetic abnormality is this is never a problem for him. You shoot him in the head, he'll probably die. But if nothing else happens, his body repairs itself, uh, and constantly renews. So not only is he immortal, but he doesn't age any of those things that there's no, uh, effect on him. And he lives a very long time. And he, in this movie is telling a story about, how he thought that he had once met another man who was like him mm-hmm. and that they had had discussions, but neither one of them kind of came out and, and, and said uh, what they wanted to say. Like they had their suspicions and he believed that he suspected him of being like the other guy and vice versa. Uh, but they never <laughs> went out and actually said it. And this episode is about a character who is very similar in a way. He's uh, an immortal who took on, uh, many names throughout uh, world's history. Many of these names familiar to people. The, for example, the caveman in The Man from Earth was Jesus, everyone. Surprise! 
Uh, God, that's I love that scene too. By the way, I think yeah. that's such a fucking great scene. Tony we're, Todd was in that movie. I've just, I just yes, he, a lot of well. Star Trek alums were in that. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of Star Trek alums. Uh, the the actor, I God, it's gonna kill me now. That I can't remember, but he played uh, Flox on Enterprise. He's uh, the Doctor yeah. on Enterprise. He's in it. A uh, bunch of people. Mm. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Uh, the episode. Let's talk about that. Uh, the crew of the Enterprise is struck with a deadly Rigelian fever. Damn that Rigelian fever. Mm. Uh, they arrive at the remote planet of Holberg 917G. Apparently one of those planets they just haven't gotten around to giving a proper name to. Yep. Uh, in search of a mineral. Boy, these guys really like their minerals. Rytalon is what they're looking for uh, this time around. I think all three <laughs> I of these episodes had rid- minerals. They're looking for Ritalin. Um, Ritalin. Which uh, they, they couldn't find. <laughs> They could not find any. Yeah. Uh, I think all three of these episodes had minerals. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy beam down to the planet to investigate when they are attacked by a robot. Holy shit. It is called off by its master, who identifies himself as Flint, not Michigan. Flint claims that the landing party is trespassing and orders them to leave. Sorry, when, when you were watching this episode mm-hmm. and... He refers to he identifies himself as as Flint. Mm-hmm. Did you did you do a little cheer? A little bit. I'm like that's okay, kind of cool. near yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> that's about thirty minutes. I was minutes just wondering. Away. I just I just pictured <laughs> that. That was all. <laughs> Every time they say Flint, I secretly just go Michigan under my breath, <laughs> in the hopes that like, somebody like, will like hear the, me. Like the uh, people in Grimsby right now with that yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, in the hopes <laughs> that somebody will hear me and then look at me and go, "Yeah, I know, dumbass. We're thirty minutes away from it." Uh, <laughs> Kirk will not accept his authority and orders Scotty uh, to fire the ship's phasers at their position if they are harmed in any way. McCoy tells Flint about the disease threatening the Enterprise and their urgent need for Ritalin, is what I'm going to call it from here on out. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> uh, Flint displays emotion when he hears McCoy's compassion for the disease, uh, uh, co- or comparison to the disease of bubonic plague, and describes the agonies suffered by the stricken in Constantinople. In the summer of 1334, you see, because Flint was there. Yeah. Uh, he gives the landing party two hours to gather the Ritalin, uh, offering his sentry robot M4 to find and gather the mineral. He escorts them to his home, which has an impressive collection of Earth artifacts, including paintings by Leonardo da Vinci and a Gutenberg Bible. Spock, however, is puzzled when his tricorder scans indicate that the works were recent creations with contemporary materials, but in every other way. Intriguing. Yes, in every other way, identical to Da Vinci. But they're recent, and they're used with contemporary materials. The party is surprised by the appearance of Flint's beautiful young ward, Reina. That is what song plays in Kirk's head anytime a woman walks into a room, I believe. Uh, Reina likes Spock, who is impressed by her knowledge of physics. According to Flint, her parents were employees who died in an accident. Kirk plays billiards. 1960s with Reina and <laughs> and uh, they dance to a waltz played on the piano by Spock. If that sounds weird, that's because that is a little weird. The Vulcan calls the waltz an unknown piece by Johannes Brahms. Hmm. Written in a manuscript with contemporary ink. <coughs> in Flint's, yeah, I wonder if people are catching on to anything here. In Flint's mm. lab. McCoy analyzes the Ritalin gathered by M4. It is contaminated with Aurelium and oh, useless. Oh, motherfucker. Way to go, M4. 
Yeah, you, you had don't. one job. Absolutely. Uh, when Kirk kisses Reyna, M4 M5 him. would never have fucked that up. That's, I'm just saying that's that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> M4 attacks Kirk for kissing her. And Spock destroys the robot with his phaser. Kirk confronts <laughs> Flint about the attack. Don't you have a phaser sound effect? You just... Yeah, I do, but I was too lazy, so I just thought I'd get away with pew, pew, pew. pew. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. For the 60s, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that shit won't swim when we're doing next gen. I fully no, no, expect no. you to, to, to Full supply sound, sound effects. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> My desk uh, is going to look like the fucking bridge of the Enterprise. Kirk, uh, Kirk confronts Flint about the attack. Flint says that M4 misinterpreted Kirk's actions as hostile. Yeah. Although Kirk forgives the incident, he summons a replacement sentry. Kirk contacts the Enterprise and asks Uhura to research Flint and Reyna. She learns that Holberg 1970... Uh, I almost called it 1917. Uh, 917G was purchased 30 years ago by a private investor. Yeah, uh, with, David Cameron. with a surreptitious pri- tricorder scan, Spock learns that Flint is nigh over 6,000 years old. Reyna comes to say goodbye to Kirk, who has fallen in love with her, and begs her to accompany him again. Uh, McCoy tells them that the Ritalin is now missing, and Spock follows a tricorder reading to a chamber with the bodies of other Reynas. All androids. Creepy as fuck. Not only do they look better, sound better, and talk better than Data, but this takes place almost 100 years before Data was alive, apparently. Yeah. But hey, that's okay. Just forget about that before we get Wibbly to next Wibbly wobbly step. timey-wimey, maybe? I don't know. Mm, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Kirk demands an explanation, and Flint confesses that he was born, not of course in this time, but in Mesopotamia in the year 3834 BC. A Which, soldier. If you're, if, you're, if you're a Christian didn't ever exist (laughs) a soldier after falling in battle discovered he could not die flint lived lifetimes as why did he fall in battle sorry just uh oh he fell i think it was a literal fall like he tripped over his shoelaces mm -hmm. oh i fallen over hang on a minute landed on a bayonet or something they didn't have bayonets landed on a landed on a spear that tickles ow i should be dead uh, Who but leaves I'm a not. bayonet with its pointy bit faced up? That's right. Fucking what? idiots. M4, you <laughs> fucker. What? It's, that's what? what that is. 5,000 years before M4 exists. Okay, fair enough. Carry on. Fine, I'll just go be Leonardo da Vinci. I'll also be yep. Brahms, Solomon, Alexander, Lazarus, Methuselah, Merlin, not a, and others. Not in this order. Not in this order. I'll, I'll be a fictional magician. Um... <laughs> Alexander I'll the Great, King Solomon. Yeah. 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 Why not? Not in, not in any order. No. Uh, maybe in the order of his favorites. Uh, he, he made Reyna as a mate who would live forever and refuses to let them leave knowing his secret. According to mm. Flint, Kirk has taught Reyna how to love. And wow, he, wow, wants wow, Kirk, wow, wow, wow. Uh, he wants Kirk to redirect her love to himself. Kirk refuses oh. to cooperate. But when he orders the Enterprise to beam them up, Flint miniaturizes the Enterprise <laughs> somehow and its crew in his home. Although he he is shamed into restoring the ship. Okay, <laughs> if fine, this reads, I'll do it. You can the, have her back. This reads okay. like this. It reads like he miniaturizes them, and he's like, "What the fuck are you gonna do?" And Kirk's like, "There are people I'm on that ship." I'm gonna put you in a fucking bottle. Yeah. 
And Kirk's like, what? And Sting will sing about you. I mean, it feels like this happened, the way it reads, it reads like it happened in the span of like 30 seconds where he does it. And he's like, now what are you going to do? And Kirk's like, are you nuts? There's people on that ship, people with families. And he's like, oh my God, you're right. I'm sorry. And then just restores it. That's exactly how it reads. M4 told me there were were no people on the ship. (laughs) He's not very good at his job. He's shit, isn't he? We've learned that. If we've learned nothing from this episode, we've learned that M4 is a shit robot. That's right. Uh, <laughs> he is shamed into restoring the ship, and when he realizes that Raina will not return his love, Flint attacks Kirk. Raina tries to stop the fight, her feelings torn between the two men, and she dies <sighs> out of confusion. That, that was a that was a death sound effect. <laughs> yeah, uh, Flint. Uh, it was and recorded Kirk... by. Hang on a minute. Let me see who recorded it. It's probably it's off the sample. M four. Oh, uh, no! <laughs> Damn it! Uh, Flint and Kirk, grief-stricken, stop fighting. Uh, Flint allows Kirk to leave with the Ritalin, and uh, the Enterprise on the Enterprise, McCoy discovers from his tricorder readings that Flint is dying. Somehow. <laughs> Although he's immortal. really know why. Mm. Although earthly conditions made him immortal. Ah, yeah. living oh, outside that environment. he got a funky high from the yellow sun, as uh, Matchbox 20 would put it. <laughs> That's <laughs> that a weird reference. Sorry that about that. That is a really deep cut. Uh, he has <laughs> caused him to gradually age normally. Kirk is distraught over Reyna, and Spock's help him to forget with a Vulcan mind meld in which he says, forget. The yes. end, Ben. What did you think? Fun. Uh, this was the best right, of the three it? episodes. Yeah, it's um, that's because it's based on the Tempest, uh, which is probably <laughs> the, the main reason. Although yep. the Tempest um, didn't feature M four, which is why the Tempest is a well, genius work of uh, art. When and Michael Bay is... reboots the Tempest, it'll have M four in it. Uh, well, that's true, and it'll have M four and explosions. Yeah, um, and some more the explosions. Tempest, the Tempest two colon M fourers M M formers. There we go. The um, Tempest 2. <laughs> oh, and then Jet Li's going to do the Tempest 3, and it's 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 <laughs> just fighting and cars, mainly. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's a good episode. It's uh, the, the the joy of this episode is, despite the weird summary that um, <laughs> that you had for it, it is it's uh, it's it, it's a it's an episode that's got a reasonable plot to it. Um, there yeah. are some fairly solid performances. James Daly playing Flint in it. Is mm-hmm. pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, and plus the fact that uh, Jerome Bixby is a is a fucking nerd. Yes. Um, and so it it is written the way a nerd should write some, such a thing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even naming uh, Capek as uh, Capek. Yep. Is you know that's a re- reference to yeah. uh, Carol Capek, who um, invented the word robot. So <laughs> it's it's kind of super nerd. Yeah, nerd up to eleven here, um, and it's I, it's it's good. I love um, I love that man. Yeah, uh, uh, with good reason. It's uh, it's good stuff. It's I mean, you can always tell uh, some there's some Star Trek episodes that get revisited across all of the various media, canon or not, mm-hmm. and this one gets referenced a lot. Yeah, um, and I mean, it got, it's uh, it got the full remastering treatment in uh, in the remasters as well. I think yeah. this was one of the episodes in that. It's um, it it's good. It's 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 uh, it's a good one. The um, I was just looking at sort of the inspirations uh, where, where it's been used. I, I, I one I was trying to remember is there was some connection to um, to Khan, 
and it's mm. non-canon actually. It's the uh, eugenics wars, uh, the rise the and fall of Carnegie and Singh. Yeah, uh, Doctor Evergreen. That's a is... very fascinating. Uh, that's a couple of books, right? They did for that. Yeah, that's a very yeah. fascinating couple of books where they tried to explain away how the eugenics wars could have happened in the nineties without any of us knowing about it, more or less. Yeah, it's 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 very weird. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, look, they, you got to jump through a lot of hoops to be able to explain away how the eugenics wars occurred. And well, it's, it's something to do with CO two emissions and ozone layer depletion and shit as well. I, I, it's, it's yeah, I know they I know they used it. They treated it almost like uh, like one of those secret wars where you know some any major uh, event that you recall uh, during the during this period of time is somehow tied to the eugenics wars that nobody knew was happening except for yeah. you know the very under the undermost undermost underbelly of the government or whatever and but, people who who uh follow of, the website the canary and of course obviously. yeah of course i was gonna say like yeah. uh, alex jones i don't know if the the british have an alex jones um but uh he he runs are, are you aware of this man's presence he he runs uh, info wars so. man he run well, well he's, he he's like a switched on motherfucker. He's yeah, he has saved this country more times than anyone knows by uh well, pointing but, out surely surely not more times than than the Bush dynasty. <laughs> well no, I mean, you know, he he he's called out all of these things that were Ooh. going to happen but mm-hmm. by by him raising awareness on his uh, uh, on his syndicated internet show is is he basically the inspiration for the character off uh, the reboot of the X Files with his internet TV show? Is oh, that you, that's one of that's or? one of the first things I thought of when I saw that guy. Okay, it was like they're putting Alex Jones in a TV show. That's that guy, yeah. which of course you know is exactly what he'd expect Fox to do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All part of the plan, keeping him distracted. Uh yeah, I I like this episode. I'm I'm a sucker for time travel and even though there is not specific time traveling involved here, the aspect mm. of uh a guy who can live forever through time. Uh it's like time traveling without time traveling, but I'm fascinated that's why I love the man from earth. Mm. Uh it's just a guy who lived this life and did all of these things and it's just uh it's a to me it's like a fascinating escape. That not only are you this dude who lived through all of this time, but not only did he do that, but he was like some of history's most important figures. Well, it gives uh, history context as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it doesn't give history context, but it gives it. It um, it's always good if you can identify with a protagonist who is then put into. I think this is. I, I'm going to mention Doctor Who again. I think this is why Doctor Who is is the success that it is because yeah. you you have a protagonist in that who is. Um, you know, who finds himself, or more so perhaps through his companions, in fact. I mean, Rose is probably the best example ever of a sort of, you know, she was a girl from a rough council estate in Essex. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so viewers could associate perhaps with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're meeting, you know, Queen Victoria or um, the devil or some beast with certain <laughs> heads at the end of the universe, it doesn't really matter because you never feel completely lost because you, right. you're seeing it through the eyes of someone you associate with. And yeah, that, that was angry, my, yeah. That was my overwhelming feeling of um, The Man From Earth, actually, from what I remember, is it has mm-hmm. that sort of, you know, it's because of that thread you can contest. Yeah, you have these anchors right to this fantastic tale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so before we before we move on, uh, next week's episode we're going to talk about uh, in portions the six original Star Trek films uh, involving the original cast and crew. 
uh, we're going to talk lucky about lucky bastards. Yes. We're going to talk. I mean, that's going to be far better. You're going to have to pay for that one, everybody. If you like what you hear here, uh, cinemageekly.com slash premium. We're already here listening to it, but uh, consider signing up. We're going to we're going to do those. Uh, we're going to talk about those movies and then we're going to move on to start talking about Star Trek The Next Generation in season one. I'm super excited to start talking because that was obviously my that's where Star Trek got embedded to me was next generation. So, yeah, uh, you know, and I'm a nerd about all that stuff and I can't wait to start talking about it. <laughs> uh, we're going to probably play like a small round of the Etsy game, even though Aurora is not here. So I'm going to win by default. Uh, yeah, that's OK. Now, I don't care. Yeah. It's fun. Now, I- am I going to because I've got the, one of these is really, really good. And I just can't decide whether I'm going to keep that for uh, for, may, the, for the proper game. If or it's really just... good, you may want to keep it for the proper game. It is a it is a thing of of beauty. I would say um, I would say save it. Okay, well, so a really quick one. So the uh, the basic premise of the Etsy game is that we use Etsy and eBay to locate items for sale around the world, um, mm-hmm. often made by crazy people in southern states, um, <laughs> although sometimes made from weird people in in Coventry in the West Midlands of the United Kingdom. That's right. Um, who knows? This is how crazy is everywhere, um, man. There, there. Oh, yeah. And when you add Star Trek to the word crazy, oh, they everywhere. Um, hey, now, let us let us not forget the Captain Picard narwhal <sighs> illustration. If you miss that, which if you're only listening because this one's free, um, oh, pay your twelve dollars and go back and check that shit out. That was a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, I think we're going to keep it simple with this one. Um, I've only got it in. This is in pounds sterling, even though. It's a U.S. product, which that's amazing. Slightly, well, slightly, oh, I think it's oh, Etsy's defaulted back to UK for me, which is ah, very you helpful. Thank you, you fucker. Uh, God, okay, even got, even uh, your money sounds regal, sir. Uh, sterling. sterling. It's, it's not just pounds. Yes. It's they're sterling pounds. Yes, great British pounds. So sterling. lovely, sterling. They're just lovely, yes. beautiful. Um and 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 worth more than most of the money in Europe at the moment. Um, there you go. All right, so uh, th- this has got. Now normally, the joy of this feature is that we read the description. We read it exactly as it is written, mm-hmm. and quite often that's nonsense. But this is a really straightforward one. This is a, <laughs> the dullest one we've ever done. I'm really building this up, uh, but we still need to know how much this costs. Sure. So. <clears throat> Wonderland Andorian Star Trek hat. Oh, I'm but, guessing with oh, ears. Oh, <laughs> well, let me tell you about this. <clears throat> Bow before our antennaed blue arrogance pink skins. <laughs> Based on Shran from Star Trek Enterprise, oh, nice. this hat features a warm fleece with white faux fur. Played by the lovely um, Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. Um... And that's the uh, that's the only description actually. Uh, wow. Handmade item, materials, fleece, faux fur, made to order because you wouldn't keep a stock of this shit. No, um, no. <laughs> sorry about that Wonderland creation on Etsy. <laughs> I'm sure um, they don't have a factory. They don't, they don't have a warehouse somewhere with three thousand Shran hats that they've oh, made. Oh no, apparently they don't because I've just noticed they do Klingons. They do ah. uh, what's that? Oh, that's Night Fury, Toothless. Um, they do Shock. Oh God, they do such shite. Anyway, so this is beautiful. It's, it is. Are there any questions you'd like to ask about it before you go ahead and guess the price of this uh, spectacular item? You just said it was it hand worldwide from the United States. It was hand. It's, it's hand knit. 
Uh, not hand knitted. No, no. This is um, handmade using fleece and faux fur. Huh. So you've kind of got uh, you've got the blue antenna. You've got um, sort of blue ear flaps. We got ear flaps on this. Well, they, yeah, they yeah, and those are blue. Uh, the faux fur is is the white hair that runs. Oh. It's basically like a um, gorgeous. What's that fucking hideous hairstyle from the eighties? Um, mm, the mop top. I'm looking for. No, um, the, the 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 one that rednecks have. What's it called? Oh, the uh, the mullet. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this yeah, is so in the front, party in the back. Yeah, yeah. It's it's got a it's got, <laughs> it's got a white mullet. Um, wow. So so that's special. I was kind uh, of excited to see this for a minute. Now I'm super excited, but I'm less I'm less and apt a, to buy and it a little now. frightened. I imagine. Yeah. At first, yeah. I'm like, this might be something I'd buy. This sounds adorable. And then when you let, made let me it sound like you. a mullet. I need you to buy one of these uh, okay. uh, at some point, just because I think I think I think you'll feel happier in life. Come on, then. Perhaps. So uh, I can give you this piece of information: three hundred twenty-seven reviews have happened. It's been favorited by one hundred sixty-seven sad, desperate fucking morons. Sorry, people. It actually says here. Sorry, I misread. <laughs> um, and it has uh, five stars. Out of five, if you're not familiar with Etsy's rating. So whilst I'm sagging this piece of crap off, apparently a lot of people think, as crap goes, it's good crap. Good crap. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, are we doing doing pound sterling or are we doing American Uh, capitalist dollars? Would you like to have it in American capitalist dollars? We can do that. I mean, my education is not nearly as good as yours, clearly, uh, due to my living circumstances. I'd say we should just stick to American dollars. I can barely handle that. So... (laughs) This is a country uh, which has a lot of people voting for Donald Trump at the moment, so I really, yeah. ha- I really have no room to speak on we, our intelligence. We, we elected David Cameron, a man who has fucked a dead pig's head. That's right. And um, Panama Papers, David Cameron. Yeah, and uh, da- uh, Boris Johnson, uh, who we've mentioned on our shows before, the Trump, the British Trump, yes, the British Trump. Um, yeah, he's he's the mayor of London, and Nigel Farage, uh, who is a great big bell end. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's all right. We've got our fair share of fucking morons as oh, well. Sure. So all is well. All is well. Uh, how about I say, uh, mm-hmm. if you have it set for American dollars, I'll say yep. 25. 25 US dollars. Oh, is that close enough? Is that close enough? I- I'll ask the thing. Hang on. This is close enough. $25. It yeah. is. Uh, it mm. is 30.83 US dollars. That's close um, enough. £21.83 if you're, uh, if you're dealing with sterling. Lovely. And, um, and yeah, I, I will send you, as always, we now send you the picture of it. So you yeah, can I include these to... in the show notes so people can see them as well. Okay. You can so they don't, think we're, they don't think we're making this up. Oh, no. I mean, just assume. I mean, we haven't done any sex toys on this series, I don't think, yet. But we'll, they're, no. they're coming later in the show, don't worry. My goodness. So there it is. Uh, would you buy that? No. I would not. <laughs> Good story. It also, looks like it, would, it also looks like it would blind me. I'm uh, not yeah, sure. Now, yes, this is a problem. It's, um, in fact, hey, it, basically, if you're familiar with the shape of um, a modern ice hockey mask mm-hmm. without cage, yeah. imagine the clear visor is made of blue fleece. <laughs> yeah, and that's basically what this is. It sits perfectly over your eyes. Um, I mean, at least on this manic, maybe it's designed to. Maybe that's designed to rest on your forehead. But at least on the foam head that they've used here, it covers their eyes. 
It does. Now, I'd like you to look to the bottom right of that, where Wonderland Creations' other fine products are listed. And yes. hopefully the top left of those is Wonderland Klingon hat. Yes, it is. Can you see that? With the big eyebrows now, and the rigid forehead, yes. It looks like a fucking Marx brother. Um, <laughs> it does! That is like pretty Groucho. special. <laughs> sure, ladies it's, and joins. I, uh, <laughs> I think that needs to go in the show notes as well. It's the same price. Um <laughs> It says in the description, share the track of love with any Klingon fan with this fleecy furry hat with embroidered head ridges. I'll put them both it's in. It's lined in fleece to keep, you, to keep you warm without getting itchy fur down your neck. But be careful! The furry eyebrows will make you look mad no matter how you are to get this hat. Hmm. <sighs> no Batleth either, which is disappointing. No. no. Uh, all right. Do you want to do one so more of these? some shit. Um, no, that's sucked my will to live. Let's, uh, we're going to keep them for the next one. Okay, uh, I do have one piece of news before we go. <gasps> there is news, and this news happened a long time ago, and we didn't get around to doing the podcast until just now. I've got the uh, news beeps with me, so I'm just doing all these effects with but my mouth, show, which I know you can't the, tell. It's almost like that, that dude from Police Academy's here, isn't it? That's right, that's right. Yeah. God, I can't remember his name, but sound effects guy from Police Academy, I'm sure yeah. he's like, Jesus Christ, that's all everybody knows me. Actually, he's probably yeah. happy with that. He's like, hey, that's not too bad. With Somebody the beeps, knows me from something. The sweeps and the creeps. Yep, the beeps and the boops. Uh, this will just tell you how little buzz there is about Star Trek right now. This news is back <laughs> from February. Fuck. Uh, it's been that long since we've done a podcast. Um, but it's good news. Uh, we haven't talked, there's nothing to talk about movie wise because as far as we know, there has really been, I think there might be something for Star Trek Beyond coming up soon, like a new trailer. Mm. Uh, but I am, I'm not shocked, but I'm a little disheartened by the vacuum of buzz for this movie. There's, it's not like there's a little buzz. It's almost like there's no buzz and it's sucking up buzz from everything else around it. It's true. I, Peg I told us that we shouldn't worry about how shit that first trailer was. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I believe him, but... The I, Jet Li trailer apparently doesn't tell the full story. Well, yes. it tells enough of it. There's just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, it's just nobody's talking about it. Now, part of that is because, yes, there's there's been this Batman versus Superman movie. There's been this Captain... There's the Captain America thing, which is coming out, by the way. There's already some early talk from people who've seen that movie, and it's surprise surprise incredibly well received uh but batman vs superman was incredibly well received too by people on twitter at i first would and i that. would incredibly well receive ben affleck as batman <laughs> the, <laughs> i hope aaron listens to this episode uh <laughs> he's not gonna but i wish he would uh mm-hmm. I mean, there was look, some, there was some fetishy shit going on between those guys in that movie. Anyway, there, sorry, there, there was a trailer for Rogue One that just came out. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that's going to have people mm-hmm. super excited. Star Rogue Trek One is just seems f- to have people angry because they don't like female genitals. Um, I, don't I have noticed things. this. I, I saw, oh, I saw another female lead again, and I'm oh, like, oh no. yeah, I know. Two in two years is in fact <sighs> they're pushing. It's it. like all these female presidents. God damn it. <laughs> And all of when all, will it stop? They're all the heads of companies. Duh, they run all the movie studios. Jesus. Women, for pity's sake, know your limits. Don't drive. <laughs> Just concentrate on fluffy bunny rabbits. You got one Star Wars movie, and that's all you're going to get. And you're going to like it. Uh, and, in, and in Star Trek, you've had your woman who kicks ass. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she did get, you know, eaten by a big pool of crude oil, but... 
but she was there, and then she came back as evil, which is how we accept women that are powerful. That's right. Sorry, I got uh, all so, Greg Proops on your ass. Sorry, carry so on. This is, this is, uh, so this is not about the movie. This is about the, uh, and I'm going to keep saying this until they prove me otherwise, the poorly distributed <laughs> new Star Trek television series, uh, which is going to be airing on CBS All Access. <laughs> that being said, the news about the show, everything I keep hearing about it, puts more and more smiles on my face. Oh, so really? this new, okay. this news is from, uh, uh, well, because all I'm hearing about is like, uh, this is how we feel about it. This is what we want to do with it. I'm not hearing specifics, but um, I'm hearing a lot of like the people collaborating on this makes me, I, I, I feel like this is, this is going to turn out okay, regardless of the idiotic way in which they decide to distribute it. Uh, um, so this is from way back in February. Uh, and this is uh, talking about uh, the newest writer and producer that they've added to the show, which was in fact, Nicholas Meyer. Uh, they announced uh, how this was from Hollywood Reporter. They announced Nick Meyer, who was writer and director for. Well, I mean, he's not officially credited. I don't think he's a writer for Wrath of Khan, but he went back and heavily polished the script for that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so essentially, writer and director of Wrath of Khan and writer and director of Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country, which are my two most uh, favoriteest original series movies, easily. Yeah. Uh, and I like that this show in its production group here, they have three people who represent all three eras of Star Trek. You've got Nick Meyer now, who is from the original series era. Uh, Brian Fuller is on here and obviously he's from the next gen Berman era and Alex Kurtzman. He is going to make shit look awesome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Alex Kurtzman who is from the JJ-verse stuff. So they've got like the three different generations, essentially, of Trek are working together on this show. I'm really excited for this. Uh, uh, Add me news that Janeway's been spotted somewhere near a, um, near a film set and color me excited. <laughs> it won't happen. But if you can nice. put her in there, for sure. I mean, like, Fuller, Fuller has gone on from... Uh, you know, from his stuff during the next gen era. I mean, he did Hannibal, which I know you and it only it only went two seasons. I think not for lack <laughs> of Glenn quality, and nobody else. Yeah. yeah, I think not for lack of quality or anything like that. Uh, sure. He's uh, he, his, the thing with him is he needs other people who are a bit more grounded to hmm. make stuff that isn't self indulgent. But the team that that's involved in the new series looks like a, a really good combination of different strengths. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I have I have high hopes for this. Uh mm. so he did uh okay, so the first thing Fuller did, he worked on he was a writer, he did two episodes of DS9. Mm-hmm. Uh which were two good episodes by the way. I don't they were, remember yeah. them off the top of my head, but I do remember that they were good ones. Uh he did 81 episodes of Voyager. Uh he was a writer, story editor and co-producer there. Uh, I'm trying to. And that, that again, that included some of the stronger ones as well. Uh, we'll forgive him for being a writer, consulting producer, and co-executive producer for 33 episodes of Heroes. Uh, not, but sounds, sounds the first season. I love the first season of that show, and then I struggled from every season onward. I I, I do want to revisit it at some point because I know they did the Heroes Reborn <laughs> thing, which I didn't want. Not a fan. Nah, turns out I just pressed the "Let's watch that" button, and that's what happened. Ah. Uh, he was he was the creator of Pushing Daisies, uh, mm. which I've heard both good and bad things for, but I've heard good things. Uh, Hannibal, obviously, uh, he's a developer and writer on American Gods, which is 
the Neil Gaiman thing. I think mm-hmm. that's a, like a Showtime thing yeah. or something. I don't remember where it's showing up. Uh, maybe star it's stars. It's showing up on stars. So, so, so. And of course he's a co-creator and writer for the Star Trek series. So, I mean, they've got, they've got good people on this show. I, they've I got like, a toolkit to make something yes. worthwhile here. Yeah. It's again, I'm going to keep harping on the fact that they're distributing it in the wrong <laughs> way. Did we find out in the end that in the UK, it's, is it going to be Netflix over here? I can't remember. I'm sure we read that somewhere. I don't, the, the only thing I've ever heard about, uh, outside of the United States for distribution was that they were seeking for I, I the talk that I had heard was that they were looking to get it on just regular television in places oh, like was it the channel UK. four it might, yeah, yeah. It might have been channel four we're picking it up yeah um but if you get it on Netflix I'll be eternally jealous uh I just we're not going to be able to swing CBS all access uh mm. <laughs> so it'll be torrent sites for me I'll watch the pilot episode which will air on television yeah uh with any luck a lot of people will tune in to watch the pilot and maybe it'll make them change their mind in the course the of seven days. To... Yeah. yeah. Although, uh, I mean, the problem is it's a, it's a mixed thing because unless it's on demand as well, um, the problem mm-hmm. historically with Star Trek on network television globally, it seems to me, is because it's sci-fi, it gets shafted in terms of being moved around the listings all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, like an old next generation here took like sort of three years longer than it took to show it anywhere else in the world because it kept wow. being moved for, just for tennis and snooker. Um, yeah. Well, you guys definitely snooker. Let me just point out snooker. Fuck you, snooker. Um, uh, fill, fill, me, snooker. fill me in on that. Is, that. is that a type of billiards or pool? Uh, what is that exactly? Yeah. Oh, we've, oh, we found a thing. Um, snooker. Yeah. It's a game played on green bays where there's uh, a number of red balls and uh, yellow green brown blue pink and black balls and they're potted in a particular sequence in order to win points and you know what points mean mm-hmm. I don't. oh british reference again <laughs> we've gone from snooker to points <laughs> um, meaning prizes never mind let's i'm just... like uh to me to, as an american points is chris hardwick on at midnight that's points to me when somebody uh, says something funny he goes ha 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 points uh <laughs> Because he gives well, out fake UK, points because it's a fake game Points show. mean prizes. Ah. For, I can't, what the fuck TV show was that? I don't remember. It's a long time ago. It's uh, nothing to do with Star Trek. Anyway, there you go. So so Star Trek would get uh, would get preempted for essentially complicated billiards. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Just yeah. like how just like how uh cricket is complicated baseball. Uh <laughs> I defy anybody to tell me how the fuck that game works. I, I can't figure it out. I've sat well, and cricket. watched, yeah. I've sat and watched whole games, and I can't figure it out. I can't oh, understand what's happening. Uh, it's um, it's a secret. We don't like to explain it to people. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm way, pretty sure that's us. how the, I'm pretty sure that's how the British government took over India. Is they were, yeah, the the people of India were too busy trying to figure out what was going on, and before they knew, you know, yeah. the queen's on their money. So and we gave it, we gave it to the convicts, and they took it to Australia <laughs> because. Uh, Everyone yeah. knows that hardened criminals like to play cricket. Um, yes, paddle-based and, games. And then we saw baseball and went, oh, that looks, that looks exciting. Um, we'll give it to children to play and they'll stop playing it in school. <laughs> Rounders, age, yes. uh, Yeah, age eight, I think it is. Um, and that's what we do. Can you imagine? But you have the World Series and yes. and that's good because... The no World Series plays. that takes place in America and, and only no America. One else plays. Well, that's no way to go. We're, we're thinking of doing the same thing with football. Uh, are you? 
Well, just just go back and look calling at the it history. the Real World Cup, and it's just British teams playing each other. That's what we should do. Yeah, we can't win one that. of those actual World Cups, so we'll just call ours the the actual World Cup, and then invite yeah. no one else. Yes, um, well, you know, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, Galactic strictly Cup. speaking, yeah, we eh, can have Scotland, a... England, Wales, Northern sure. Ireland. Um, that's 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 a lot of people. That's already more nations than are in sure. the World Series. What I mean, and you do? probably only really have to worry about the Irish, and even then, it's only half the country that you really have to worry about. So there you go. <laughs> that's still a thing, right? I don't know. Don't. Uh, yeah, well, people know where I live. I'm going to get bombed now. Thanks for that. <laughs> Fucking hell. I hear they hate it when you talk about that stuff. So there's uh, a there's a, an ice hockey team in Northern Ireland in Belfast uh, called the Belfast Giants, and uh, they play in the EIHL. And there is a standard set of instructions that they give uh, foreign national players who come to play there. And basically, you know, so it's, it's useful, practical stuff sure. about, you know, the money and and uh, sort of, you know, practical things. Yeah. And then there's a section on the troubles, in inverted commas, <laughs> the I like to imagine. Troubles. Well, that's, that's what it's referred to. How, how God, that'd be great that if that was the, the heading in the... A heading in the um, rule book, and it just says the troubles. Well, no, that's 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 what people sure. commonly refer to it as. So this sure. is a weird history lesson to have in a Star Trek episode. But here you go. Yeah. Um, so we have we have the troubles, and um, yeah, in the in the kind of guidebook thing, uh, say so the troubles, and it says um, if you're not from Ireland, you do not understand this. You have no right to an opinion about it, and it's probably best that you shut up about it because <laughs> somebody may kill you. Which. Lovely. You know, I mean, it's yeah. good advice. Oh, sure, generally. sure. Um, you but know it is can... very British that we call you... it the Troubles. It hadn't really occurred to me just how fucking British that is. But yeah. you know how we can steer this around, yeah, go in on, order to go close on, go the on. in order to close the show out. Are you, are you about to refer to the to the battle of uh, I don't know which which Star Trek battle should we pick and refer to that as the Space Troubles? I, I was I was going to say like the uh, uh, to swing it back. Under the, under the big heading of the Troubles, it's just a the picture eugenics of... eugenics awkward moment. I, I was going to say it's just a picture of a Tribble. The end. <sighs> you see, because there was an episode, Ben, called The, the Trouble with, with Tribbles. The Troubles with Tribbles. tribbles. That's, um, there's there's, there's <laughs> an let's, episode. And, that, let's, and let's just say you have no right to talk about it. You don't understand it. <laughs> so when we do an Adult Swim version of this... Uh, <laughs> show we'll we'll get some people with uh little plasticine models and whatever and we'll have the, the yes. troubles with troubles yes. and a lot of we'll, complaints we'll do it we'll do a retelling of iron uh we'll do a retelling of ireland's entire uh entire oh, problem using only tribbles only if we can hire as the voice talent all of those excellent excellent irishmen <laughs> irishmen um in the first episode of season two of daredevil uh they were oh, awesome weren't they quite weren't good. they good sure yeah uh, hop, Gosh. hop, hop, skip, and a jump away from from Lucky Charms Country. Uh, <laughs> which is after me, Lucky Charms? Anyway, sorry, but yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we so, need to uh, end this. We'll come. Soon. We'll, uh, we'll come back with our next episode. Uh, not talking about Heart Stars, Moons, and Clovers. Uh, oh, well, but started, hopefully, all three of have been having to kill off some Irishmen. Apparently, or trying yeah, to bust coming. in sorry. his door at the moment. Yeah. Get back! Sorry, yeah, shit's got kind of serious here. Back, you heathens! Uh, okay, so uh, while Ben is fending off the Irish, uh, we'll come back with another episode uh, talking the original series Star Trek movies, uh, number one through number six.